This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. Dave and I have averaged about one guided trip per year over the years. We've split the cost or fished with guide friends who have guided us in return for a meal or a tank of gas. Sometimes we've caught a lot of fish, other times just a few. I'd say the guides have taught us a lot about fly fishing itself, but there's another surprise that we didn't see coming. Turns out the guides have taught us a lot about ourselves. Fact is, you'll learn as much about yourself from a good fly fishing guide as you will about fly fishing. So today we're going to reflect a bit and we're going to um, talk about what fly fishing guides have taught us about ourselves. Uh, We hope this will give you some insight into, uh, well, you, yourself, and you. Uh, That can make you a better fly fisher and it can help you as a person too. So, Dave, as you think about this topic, uh, what what are some things that we've uh, learned about ourselves from our fly fishing guides? The first is that I can do this myself with a little help from my guide friends. Man, that sounds like a Beatles song. I get by with a little help from my friends. You remember that? (laughs) (laughs) I won't even comment. I just brightened your day. I I? won't even comment. (laughs) All right. Well, okay. Forget it. So through the years, (laughs) through the years, I've grown more confident as a fly fisher by taking, you know, a guided day on the water, and I think that's because. And, and most often it's it's on a float, right? It's not yeah. wade trips. We haven't no. taken a lot of uh, wade no, trips. No, we have a few, couple, but yeah. Uh, but Remember you're right. the one we did in the driftless? Yeah, that was mm-hmm. kind of an average day. Yeah, we were looking right. more yes. for intel than we were yeah, for anything else. That's right. But uh, since I don't have a drift boat, what I what I Nor learned do about I. Yeah, 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 don't have a drift boat. And it's a good thing, or we'd be <laughs> <Yeah>. dead. <laughs> well, it's a good thing because then if you have a drift boat, then you can't fly fish. You're, that's true. You're right. guiding the drift boat. Yes, that's right. So I've developed the art of, uh, you know, and I'll, I'll sometimes I've, you know, taken the oars for a few minutes, and then my friend will say, you know, I, why don't we switch? Well, okay. Yeah, okay, yeah. I'll take my fly rod. Yeah. And the, yeah. Exactly. And it's actually, I really am an expert rower, yeah, but I, exactly. I just do that so I can get back to fishing. <laughs> so since I don't have a drift boat, it, it, what I learn while on a drift uh, is more about is more about casting and kind of the big picture. The guide will be talking about the river and, you know, being able to see runs that are in the middle of the river, something I wouldn't normally see if you're fishing, you know, if you're fishing on the, if you're, doing a, if you're wading the river, most yeah. of these runs, many of these runs you wouldn't hit. Right. Uh, especially on the Madison, the lower Madison. Now, on the Yellowstone, sometimes you're fishing along the bank, right? And, mm-hmm. and that's true, often with the drift boat. But yeah. some of these runs, you would never fish if you were not in a drift boat and and so you're you know it's about casting and you're learning about the river and so i remember one day with toby who is a guide out in montana one of our favorite guys he owns a fly shop out there he got so far in fact actually we had stopped to wade (laughs) and i remember you were catching like a fish or two about 50 yards uh, ahead of me and and i was trying to fish this bank and I had an old Orvis rod, and it wasn't a great rod. And he got so frustrated with me because I couldn't get the fly against the bank, right? So he grabbed my rod and then showed me. So he took the rod and started fishing it. And 
And I then I saw him struggle to cast the rod, and I realized <laughs> that makes you know, you feel good. <laughs> yeah, that really was not a great rod. Now I'm not dissing Orvis; it just was a low end Orvis rod, and technology had changed. I probably had the rod five to seven years, and but what what that did was it actually went. Uh, it gave me confidence realizing actually I'm not that bad yeah, of a fly right. fisher, mm-hmm. and he was struggling with the same thing I was struggling with. I think it was that same day that he allowed me to use. What the Orvis H2, which had just come out. That's right. And I promptly snapped the rod. You remember that? <laughs> yeah, you got a big fish on. <laughs> had a big fish on. It and took the, you under the drift it boat. It took under the it? drift boat, and I just couldn't bring it back out. And that was a freak thing. Oh, I yeah. did, and just snapped the tip And Toby off. wasn't angry. That was a nice thing. No, he, he wasn't. He's great. He's, he's yeah. a ton of fun. He, <laughs> he knows when he can push our buttons and when not yeah. to. <laughs> there was, though, a long pause. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I, I think the the worst thing, well, what I felt bad about was losing the fish, not so much the rod. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he's not listening to this. I hope we're not sorry, either. Toby. Yeah, I was sorry, Toby. Oh, anyway, man. Well, how about you? You know, something I've learned uh, fishing with guides is that I'm mediocre. <laughs> now let me let me unpack that. Uh, I'm I realize I'm not as bad as I feared, nor am I as good as I'd like to be. I, I remember uh, one time. It was actually with the guy in the driftless. Uh, you know, we're doing this wade trip, and and after uh, you know he had spent a little time with you, and then after came over and going to help me, and after the first cast, he goes, "Well, I can see this is going to be an easy day. You guys know what you're doing." And I thought, well, that, that's good. You know, I'm 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 glad that yeah, yep. you know we're we're not the <laughs> Thank best, you. but we're yeah, that was good. <laughs> now I have to say this though, another guide last last summer you know, later on, I mean, this is recent, said, said, you know, all right, let me point out a couple things you can do to simplify your cast, <laughs> meaning uh, it's a nice way of saying, you know, you, you got some work to do. So honestly, I'm, I'm blown away by some of the mad casting skills I see these guys exhibit. And not only casting, you know, tying knots, uh, spotting rising fish. So I, I think fishing with a guide has really helped me see myself for who I am and, and I'm I'm comfortable with that. You know what? I'm I'm an average fly fisher and that's good enough because you know, our level of average, hey, we, we catch a lot of fish and we can do very well, but I also realize, you know what, there's a there's a long way to go and I'm I'm never going to get to where some of those guys are, and I'm, I'm okay with that. Well, you think about how many days a year those guides are fishing. Yeah. A lot of them are fishing 100 days a year. You know, they start in oh, early yeah. March guiding, yep. mm-hmm. or at least late March, yep. and they're guiding up until 1st of October, mid-October, depending on yeah. you know what state you're in and, and what's, sure. what's running, yep. the Browns are running. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of days on the river. Yeah, it is. And if you don't get good after 100 days in the river, yeah, you know, right. you probably should try something else. So right. yeah. um, their mad skills come from just doing it every day. And I just, that's not going to, never will be me, even in retirement. No, I'm not going to be doing that. And even if I had 100 days, well, I'll save that. I, I, that that kind of relates to another point that I'll make in, in, a, in a couple minutes, but... Uh, hey, what, what else, as you think about this uh, topic, what else have we, uh, have you uh, learned, you know, from about yourself from fly fishing with the guy? One of the one of the fun things, and and this may be an admission to my narcissism, but I am drawn to people who are interested in getting to know me, and not just telling 
me about how great they are and about themselves. Hey, I got to say this in your defense. You're not a narcissist because you you ask, you like to you like to learn about people too. So well, I do yeah. and and because of that, I like to be asked questions in yeah. the work that I do. Right. You know, I'm the one asking the questions and yeah. if, if I weren't mm-hmm. doing that, I would never get hired because right. you know, as a mm-hmm. you know, when you have a client, you're asking questions. But here's yep. a good story. So recently, I was being vetted by a partner of another business. So the the founder of the company was a tech company was looking to hire a marketing agency and so this founder had literally found me and mm-hmm. we had gone through a process and I had been the the firm that he had chosen but he wanted it to ru- wanted to run me by uh, one of his partners and investors down in Florida. And so this was at the end of the process. And so we jumped on a call. It wasn't face-to-face. So I was in the room with the founder mm-hmm. and this other partner who was vetting me from Florida on a call. And and so I expected it to be really a tough call because this guy was pretty hard-nosed. And early on in the call, I turned around one of the questions, and he began talking about himself. And for the next 45 <laughs> minutes, he never stopped talking about oh, himself. Man. So much so, we got to the end of the call, and there was this pause. And he goes, well, uh, I guess, I, well, I don't, have we even talked about you? And I thought to myself, no, we didn't. We talked about you yeah. all the call. And that was the wow. end. They hired us. Yeah. And, and it was it. So yeah. I, I kind of pride myself in actually being the one who mm-hmm. asks questions. But I really like to be asked yeah. questions. If I'm paying a guide, could you just ask a question or two about me? And the great guides do that. They really yeah. take an interest in you. Right. And they're not just simply either just not saying anything and just basically it's all about fishing or they're only talking about themselves. Yeah. Now, I like mm-hmm. to hear the guide stories. So yeah, I, I oh, do, yeah, we do. I do love hearing like about that. the guide stories. In fact, uh, we can probably do another podcast mm-hmm. about all yep. the stories that the guides have told sure. us through the years. But anyway, what I've learned about myself is I like yeah. to be asked questions. You know, that's what impressed me about Craig Matthews when we met him uh, last fall in his Blue Ribbon Fly Shop. I mean, oh, he regaled us with some great stories. But do you remember he... He, without going overboard, he asked us questions about us. You know, where are you guys from? And, you know, what do you do? And and then he, you know, and, and he built on that. So, sometimes I feel like people will ask questions. It's almost like they, they feel they have to, but then, boy, quickly the conversation Well, they right use the question to, to talk about themselves. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's very true. <laughs> you know, and Craig Matthews obviously is a legend. In fact, I just yeah. uh, picked up one of his books uh, from Amazon, and you can't even buy it. It's out of print. And I had to pay like thirty-one dollars for like a, uh, you know, a fifteen-dollar book. But here's a guy who's arguably a legend, yeah, and has written so many books, mm-hmm. and has, has it's just he's one of the great figures of of, of fly fishing, yeah. And here he generously asks questions about. I just yep. it just tells you a lot about the person. Yeah, yeah, it really does. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a great point. Uh, something else I've I think I've learned, and this is what I said I would talk about a couple minutes ago. I, I think I've learned that there's a ceiling to my growth as a fly fisher, and I'm okay with that. I mean, you're, you're right, Dave. You pointed out, uh, hey, these guys are out there 100 days uh, a year, and I, I guess it would be kind of fun to find out how good you and I would be if we did this 100 days a year. Although I mean, it does kind of worry you a little bit. Yeah, what if, what if yeah. I did 100 days a year? Well, I know. Well, I know. I know two things. One, I'd be better, but I'm still convinced I wouldn't be 
like some of the guys we fished with, because I, I think some of these guides have both. They're, they're both naturals at it, and they're, they're also, um, what, they, they just gotten, you know, yeah. good by practice. Practice doesn't make 10,000 hours, but practice makes permanent and, and you, you do improve. And I, I can think of a couple of guides that we've had over the years, Dave, that were good, but my, my sense is, okay, if we fished enough, um, you know, as much as they did, we, we'd probably be at their level, but I'd have to say 80% of the guides I fished with, uh, and I'm not being negative or self-deprecating about myself, but, but I understand I, I don't have that ability. You know, they're, they're naturals out there. I, I know you've pointed this out about my brother. My brother, whose name is Dave, is two years younger than I am, and he's just this, he's just all this natural athlete. He's the athlete I wanted to be. You know, he, he, uh, well, he'd catch every, two fish to my every one, and you know, I, I dreamed of being able to dunk a basketball. I'm, I'm six feet tall, and I. I think that my zenith in, in high school and then in uh, you know in college, I was able to dunk a tennis ball. Uh, once I slammed a, a playground ball, but I just couldn't <laughs> get the basketball. You know, my brother Dave, we could just come down and do a behind the back dunk. It's like this, this is just not right. <laughs> he had such good vertical. Oh, he did. And I know you pointed out even fly fishing. He's a he's a really good hunter, bow hunter. He's made some of his own bows and he well anyway he gets he fly fishes probably what 20 percent of the the amount of time that i do good night he's just a natural at it so i i realize there are there are people like that and you know what that that was actually helpful to me when i when i kind of figured out okay that this is this is my skill set and and i'll get better at this but i think i stopped putting pressure on myself to be you know, the, the next Gary Borger or Craig Matthews or Lefty Cray or Joan Wolf or, or whoever you're... It also frees you up to enjoy the sport. No, it really right? does, and, yeah. And that's perhaps that's a first half of life ideal that somehow you have to be good at everything. Hey, yeah. I'm really mm-hmm. good at my business. I'm great at writing. I'm There's a ton of things I'm really good at. But I don't have to be the best at at yeah. fly fishing, and yeah. and it does free you up to realize, hey, I, I might never be the best, yeah. even if I had a hundred days a year, oh, 10, yeah. 10 years in a row. That's so, so true. Anyway, yeah. So what else? Uh, anything else that? This is a big one. It, it what it's taught me is that I would never want to be a guide or an outfitter. I huh, just what wouldn't. You, what do you mean by that? It kind of sounds like the dream, doesn't it? Well, I think if you're, you know, if you're 19 years old maybe, but if you look at what guides make, and yes, all of us who fly fish feel like it's an expense when you go on a guide trip, but when you think about how much they actually make yeah. out of that guide, the shop often makes, you know, the bulk of it. They mm-hmm. get a piece of it plus they get a tip. And and they can only they can only do it 100 days a year, right? Yeah. So there's mm-hmm. limits to it. And so you don't see a lot of middle-aged fly fishing guides. Now, they're, if you do, they typically are owning the shop, right? Or they, they have mm-hmm. a larger business and they're doing something yeah. else. But just fly fishing only, it's very difficult to do it. Right. Um, and, and there are some who've done it. I mean, we have a good friend, uh, Glenn, who's uh, probably listening uh, to the podcast, uh, Guides Back in the Adirondacks. And there's guys like that who have figured out how to do it well. But, yeah, I, I think you're right. There There is kind of that romantic, uh, oh, man, wouldn't it be great to, to do this? And yeah, that that's one of the problems. You you don't make that much money. You remember a guy we fished with, and 
I'll just keep it generic, but out west. And I think last year we were at the same fly shop and kind of asked about him. Well, he was out cutting firewood for the winter, which could be a lot of fun, but that kind of speaks to, uh, hey, he, he's just eking out a living. Yeah, he's eking yeah. out a living. He's a he's a talented guy. Yeah. And, uh, and, I, and last year we also talked to a guide who, you know, who guides hunters in the fall, yeah. who fly. So in addition to the fly fishing, he's doing hunting. And he's yeah. doing a lot of things to Just make to it make all work. Me. Yeah. So let me ask you: Is is that the only reason? I mean, if, if you took the money out of the equation, would would you wouldn't you still want to be a guide or an outfitter? Well, I think the other thing is that guides really don't get to fish that much. Now you yeah, might say, well, yeah. they get to fish in the off hours. They're trying to find places. But I mean, when you're spending all that time on the river and yeah. you're having to mm-hmm. babysit people like you and me, I mean, come on. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I think being a guide is all about service and yep. it's like mm-hmm. being a, a waiter or waitress in a, in a Chili's or maybe even a fine restaurant. Maybe it's worse than that because you have to be with somebody for eight hours, right? Right. And you don't get to eat and the, you the don't meal. get exactly. Or maybe you, maybe you do. You're stuck <laughs> by the time you go home. <laughs> so I, I have great respect for guides because I think they do really hard work. They do good work. They are serving us, and I just wouldn't want their life, not for a yeah. moment. Hey, by the way, your golden retriever outside is doing a great job of uh, just providing some uh, <laughs> kind of some, uh, yeah, a little bit of outdoor flavor. Well, if you're hearing so, that yeah, wine, so you're that's, hearing those yips that's and the Dakota. Wines. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, we, we love guides and outfitters. We're just saying, yeah, we kind of get to that point where you realize that this is harder than it looks. So th- this is... This is actually a tip of our cap to guides and saying, hey, it's, uh, you know, it could be a great life, but uh, wow, it, it has its challenges. And for us, it, it just wouldn't work. What about you for you? Is there anything else? Yeah, maybe one other thing is I, I like to learn. So uh, a big part of how I evaluate the experience is how much I've learned about fly fishing, you know, even about the area. And, and also about how other people think about life. That, that really fascinates me. So that's a, that's a benefit, too, when you're around somebody who's really, uh, really into fly fishing and they've devoted a big chunk of their life to it. I, I'm just interested in how they think. Uh, uh, a lot of times, too, what, what do they know about the area? And it was fascinating. You remember we had uh, you know, a guy uh, last year down in West Yellowstone. His name is Curtis, and he... He just knew a lot about people who lived in the area and, uh, you know, some of the, the athletes and people that everybody would know and knew where they lived and what they liked to do and, you know, how they fished. And uh, it's, it's kind of fascinating. And then you, then you get the history side of things, too. And I remember that year we were up on 16 Mile and just some of the, the history with, uh, you know, uh, Ringling Brothers who, you know, who used to run their... Uh, uh, you know, circus equipment up to Ringling, Montana every year on that railroad that ran right through the ranch we fished. So that's, yeah, that's a ton of fun as well. So it, this is almost counter to my point about I like to be asked questions, but I do love to hear the stories of the guides. They oh, all yeah, live yeah. fascinating right. lives, and yeah. um, their scrappy existence yeah. uh, mm-hmm. is very interesting. In fact, it really is. Uh, I think it was Outside Magazine just read um published a story about a guy that was um on the west coast who i 
I think he committed suicide. Ah, mm. I need to be careful. I don't remember, but he yeah. died. And and uh, but just telling about his life, such a colorful life. I uh, mean, yeah. multiple marriages and and you know just I mean it yeah. was really a tragic life. Yeah. And but it was really an interesting life. And the guy had seen so much change. Um, the guy guide had lost his license with the shop and then was mm. trying to do it on his own and wow. it was an amazing story but the guides live really amazing lives and, and they're just interesting i remember the guide that we used in the driftless he had been a business owner i think of yeah. a big restaurant mm-hmm. for years and years and years and sold it and now at like i think he was in his early 60s he was just yeah. doing this out of the for the joy of yeah, life. Remember right. that? Just, yeah, just yeah, yeah. kind of fun. Yeah. So, yeah, the stories are really good and learning yeah. about the area and about their lives and also, obviously, how to fly fish. Yep, absolutely. Well, it's time for great stuff from our listeners. Uh, we've learned a lot from guides, but we've also learned a lot from you, our listeners. Here are a couple of comments from Duane. He's a veteran fly fisher from Oregon, and he wrote this about dry fly fishing. He said, Once while fishing the Gallatin in Yellowstone Park, my orange elk hair sank, and in disgust I was about to yank it out of the water for drying and recast when a large mouth on a big cutthroat came up and grabbed it. The trout that day ignored it floating but loved it sunk. That's a a great insight, isn't it? I've I've done that too. Man, I want to get that out and get that fly dry. But, yeah, if they're feeding on on emergers, maybe they're – right under the surface uh, that, that's, that's good advice that's actually a great turn of phrase ignored it floating but loved it sunk yes that is so here's another observation he made he said many times i've tried to match the hatch on rising trout and was ignored then changed to a size 14 royal wolf which looked absolutely nothing like the bwo hatch and bingo <laughs> <laughs> so you know, classic that, that is that that's a really good reminder isn't it yeah, sometimes just try something different. Think outside the, out the, I was going to say, think outside the box. Maybe it is think inside your fly box. How's that? <laughs> not, not as good a turn of phrase. Okay. No. <laughs> well, we better quit yep. yeah, with, with that. I better stop. So it's going to do it for today. Uh, what tips or techniques have you learned from fly fishing guides? Uh, please share your thoughts with us by commenting on this podcast link. Our site is twoguysinariver.com. What kind of wisdom have you picked up from fly fishing guides? You can find us on all the social platforms. And if you'd like to send us an idea for a podcast, you can email us at stevedave at twoguysinariver.com. Be sure to sign up for our weekly email alerts on our website where we keep you updated on episodes, new articles, and much, much more. We also want to thank all of you for purchasing our book or those of you who have purchased our book, The Fly Fisher's Book of Lists, Life is Short, catch more fish it continues to sell and we're very grateful for that for those of you who have not picked it up you can go to amazon one last thing continue to refer the podcast our our subscribers continue to grow and for that we're very very grateful well thanks again for listening i'm steve matthewson and i'm dave getz until next time we are two guys in a river for the love of fly fishing